good sense is of all things among men, the most equally distributed. For everyone thinks himself so abundantly provided with it that those even who are the most difficult to satisfy and everything else do not usually desire a larger measure of this quality than they already possess. And in this, it is not likely that they all are mistaken. The conviction is rather to be held as testifying that the power of judging a right and of distinguishing truth from error, which is properly what is called good sense or reason, is by nature equal in all men, and that the diversity of our opinions consequently does not arise from being endowed with a larger share of reason than others, but solely from this that we conduct our thoughts along different ways and do not fix our attention on the same objects. For to be possessed of a vigorous mind is not enough. The prime requisite is rightly to apply it. The greatest minds, as they are capable of the highest excellences, are open likewise to the greatest aberrations and the highest excellences to those who travel very slowly may yet make it far greater progress provided they keep always to the straight road than those who while they run forsake it for myself i've never fancied my mind to be in any respect more perfect than those of the generality of the on the contrary i have often wished that i were equal to some others in promptitude of thought or in clearness and distinctness of imagination or in fullness and readiness of memory and besides these i know of no other qualities that contribute to the perfection of the mind for as to the reason or sense inasmuch it is that alone which constitutes us men and distinguishes us from the brutes i am disposed to believe that it is to be found incomplete in each individual and on this point to adopt the common opinion of the philosophers who say that the difference of greater and less holds only among the accidents and not among the forms or natures of individuals of the same species. I will not hesitate, however, to avow my belief that it has been my singular good fortune to have very early in life fallen in with certain tracks which have been conducted me to considerations and maxims, of which I have formed a method that gives me the means, as I think of gradually augmenting my knowledge and of raising it by little and little to the highest point which the mediocrity of my talents and brief duration of my life will permit me to reach for i have already reaped from it myself and although when i looked with the eye of a philosopher at the varied courses and pursuits of mankind at large i find scarcely one which does not appear in vain and useless i nevertheless derive the highest satisfaction from the progress i conceive myself to have already made and the search after truth, and cannot help entertaining such expectations of the future as to believe that if, among the occupations of men as men, there is any one really excellent and important, it is that which I have chosen. After all, it is possible I may be mistaken, and it is but a little copper and glass. Perhaps that I take for golden diamonds, I know how very liable we are to the delusion in what relates to ourselves and also how much the judgments of our friends are su- are to be suspected when given in our favor but i shall endeavor in this course to describe the paths i have followed and to delineate my life as in picture in order that each one may also be able to judge of them for himself and that in general opinion entertained of them
as gathered from current report, I myself may have helped towards instruction to be added to those I have been in the habit of employing. My present design then is not to teach the method which we ought to follow for the right conduct of his reason, but solely to describe the way in which I have endeavored to conduct my own. They who set themselves to, to give precepts must, of course, regard themselves as possessed of greater skill than those whom they prescribe. And if they, they err, the slightest particular, they subject themselves to censure. But as this tract put forth merely as history, or a fuel as a tale, in which, amid some examples worthy of imitation, there will be found perhaps as many more which it were advisable not to follow. I hope it will prove useful to some without being hurtful to any, and that my openness will find some favor with all. From my childhood I have been familiar with letters, and as I was given to believe that by their help a clear certain knowledge of that is useful in life might be acquired, I ardently desirous of instruction, but as soon as I had finished the entire course of study at at close of which is customary to be admitted into the order of the learned, I completely changed my opinion, for I found myself involved in so many doubts and errors that I was convinced I had no farther in all my attempts at learning than the discovery at every turn of my own ignorance. And yet I was studying in one of the most celebrated schools in Europe, in which I thought there must be learned men if such were anywhere to be found. I had been taught all that others learned there, and not contented with the sciences that actually taught us. I had, in addition, read all the books that had fallen into my hands, treating such branches as are esteemed the most curious and rare. I knew the judgment which others had formed of me, and I did not find that it was considered inferior to my fellows, although there were men among some who were already marked out to fill the spaces of our instructors. And in fine, our age appeared to me as flourishing and as fertile and powerful minds as preceding one, I was thus led to take the liberty of judging of all other men by myself, and I, of concluding that there was no science in existence that was of such a nature as I had previously been given to believe. I still continued to hold and esteem the studies of the schools. I was aware that the languages taught in them are necessary to understanding of the writings of the ancients, that the grace of fable stirs the mind, that the memorable deeds of history elevate it, and if read with discretion, aid in forming the judgment that the pursual of all excellent books is, as it were, to interview the noblest men of past ages who have written them, and even studied interview in which are discovered to us only their choicest thoughts, that eloquence has incomparable force and beauty, that poesy has its ravishing graces and delights that in mathematics there are many refined discoveries eminently suited to gratify the inquisitive as well as further all the arts and lessen the labor of man that numerously high useful precepts and exhortations to virtue are contained as treatises on morals that theology point our path to heaven that philosophy affords the means discoursing with an appearance of truth on all matters and commands admiration of the more simple the jurisprudence medicine and other scientists secure their cultivators honors and riches and in the fine that is useful to bestow upon some attention upon all even upon those abounding the most in superstition and error that we may be in a position to determine their real value and guard against being deceived 
but I believe that I have already been given sufficient time to language and likewise for to hold converse with the, the other ages and to travel are most the same thing. It is useful to know something of manners of different nations that we may be enabled to form a more correct judgment regarding our own and be prevented from thinking that everything contrary to our customs is ridiculous and irrational. A conclusion usually comes by to those whose experience has been limited to their own country. On the other hand, when too much time is occupied in traveling, we become strangers to our native country, and the other curious in the customs of the past are generally ignorant of those of the present. Besides, fictitious narratives lead us to imagine the possibility of many events that are impossible, and even the most faithful histories, if they do not wholly misrepresent matters or exaggerate the importance to render accounts of them more worthy of perusal, omit at least almost always the meanest and least striking of the attendant circumstances. Hence it happens the remainder does not represent the truth, and that such as regulate their conduct by examples drawn from the source are apt to fall into the extravagances of night or errants of romance, and to entertain projects that exceed their powers. I esteemed elegance, highly and was raptures with poesy, but I have thought that both were gifts of nature rather than fruits of study, those in whom the faculty of reason is predominant, and who skillfully dispose their thoughts of view to render them clear and intelligible, and are always the best able to persuade others of the truth and what they lay down, though they speak only in the language of Lower Brittany, and wholly ignorant of the rules of rhetoric, and those whose mind are stored with the most agreeable fancies, and who can give the expression to them with the greatest embellishment and harmony. They are still the best poets, though acquainted with the art of poetry. I have especially delighted with mathematics on account of the certitude and evidence of their reasoning, but I had not yet precise knowledge of their true use, and thinking that they contributed to the advancement of the mechanical arts, I was astonished and foundations so strong and solid should have no loftier superstructure reared on them. On the other hand, I compare the distinguishes of the ancient moralists to very towering and magnificent palaces with no better foundations than sand and mud. They allowed their virtues very highly and exhibit them esteemable far above anything on earth, but they give us no adequate criterion of virtue, and frequently that which they designate with so fine is a name but apathy, pride, despair, or parricide. I revered our theology and aspired as much as any one to reach heaven, but being given assuredly to understand that the way is not less open to those most ignorant than to the most learned, and that they have revealed the truths which lead to heaven are above our comprehension. I did not presume to subject them to the impotency of my reason, and although of some special help from heaven, and of being more than man, of philosophy, I will say nothing, except when I saw that it had been cultivated for many ages by the most distinguished men, and that yet there is not a single matter within its sphere, which is not still yet, there is not matter within the sphere, which is still not dispute and nothing therefore, which is above doubt, I did not prevent to anticipate that my success would be greater in that than others, and further, when I considered the number of conflicting opinions to be touching a single matter that may be upheld by learned men while there can be but one true, I reckoned as well nigh false all that was only probable. 
As to the other sciences, inasmuch as these borrow their principles from philosophy, I judge that no solid superstructures could be reared on foundations so infirm, and neither the honor nor the gain held out by them was sufficient to determine me to their cultivation. For I was not, thank heaven, in a condition which compelled me to make the merchandise of science for the bettering of my fortune. And though I may not profess to scorn the glory as a cynic, I yet made a very slight account of the that honor which I hope to acquire only through fictitious titles. And in fine of false sciences, I knew I the worthy sufficiently to escape being deceived by the professions of an alchemist, the predictions of an astrologer, the impostures of a magician, and artifices of and boasting of any of those who profess to know things of which they are ignorant. For these reasons, as soon as my age permitted me to to pass from under the control of my instructors, I entirely abandoned the study of letters and resolved no longer to seek any other science than the knowledge of myself or of the great book of the world. I spent the remainder of myself or of the great book of the world. I spent the remainder of my youth in traveling and visiting courts and armies and holding intercourse with men of different dispositions and ranks and collecting varied experience in proving myself in the different situations into which fortune threw me, and above all, in making such reflection on the matter of my experience and to secure my improvement, for it occurred to me that I should find much more truth in the reasonings of each individual with reference to the affairs in which he is personally interested and the issue of which presently punish him if he had judged amiss than in those conducted by a man of letters in his study regarding speculative matters that are of no practical moment and followed by no consequences to himself father perhaps than they foster his vanity then they become the better the more remote they are from common sense requiring as they must be in this case the exercise of greater ingenuity and art to render them probable in addition i had always a most earnest desire to know how to distinguish the true from the false in order that I might be able to clearly discriminate the right path in life and proceed in it with confidence. It is true that while busied only in considering the manners of other men, I found here too scarce any ground for settled conviction and remarked hardly contradiction among them in the opinions of philosophers so that the greatest advantage I derived from the study con consisted in this that observing many things which, however extravagant and ridiculous to our apprehension, are yet by common consent received and approved by other greater nations. I learned to entertain to a decided a belief in regard to nothing of truth of which I had been persuaded merely by example and custom, and thus I gradually extricated myself and in capitatus in great measure from listening to reason. But after I had occupied several years in the studying the book of the world and in essaying to gather some experience, I at length resolved to make choosing the paths I ought to follow an undertaking which was accompanied with greater success than it would have been. I had never quitted my country or my books.